What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Our show is about to begin. When we think of John Williams, we immediately think of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, E.T., Jurassic Park, Superman, Harry Potter, but his body of work contains hidden musical gems that go way beyond his most famous works. This is The Soundtrack Show. Welcome back to The Soundtrack Show. I'm your host, David W. Collins, and this episode is a bit of a guilty pleasure for me because, well, oh, it's no secret, John Williams is, in my opinion, the greatest film composer ever. There are others that I think come very, very close, but I still feel like nobody matches him for his extensive body of work, his harmonic and rhythmic language, his orchestration techniques, and his skill as a dramatist and filmmaker combined. In my opinion... What Mozart is to opera and piano concerti, and what Beethoven is to symphonies, Williams is to film music. But we seem to celebrate the same film scores over and over again with John Williams. But what's amazing about his work is that there are so many incredible pieces of music from movies that we may have forgotten about. Today, we're going to play some of these overlooked gems, though many of you film score superfans are probably saying, are you kidding? These are all part of my normal playlist. But for the rest of us, I hope this episode gives us an opportunity to listen to music that we don't hear quite as much and deepen our appreciation for William's contribution to film over the last half century. I want to start with a lively march that comes from a movie that didn't do so well back in 1979. It's a comedy from Steven Spielberg called 1941, starring John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. While you may have forgotten the movie... I don't know how anyone could forget this march.
If there's one thing that Williams can do, it's write a march. He wrote another score in 1979 that is often overlooked, and that is for Dracula, starring Frank Langella, Laurence Olivier, and Donald Pleasance. And he wrote this score between his Superman and Empire Strikes Back scores, also using the London Symphony Orchestra. By the way, Veracy Saraband just put out an Ultimate Edition soundtrack. Is that what they call it? Hold on, let me look at this. The Deluxe Edition soundtrack of Dracula, very, very recently, and it's excellent. I, I definitely recommend you pick it up. The score is incredible. It's, it's haunting, and it shows John Williams at the height of his power. The following piece is a steamy cue called Night Journeys. Let's take a listen. And what a memorable main theme for Dracula and his haunted love story. The 1970s were a time of tremendous creativity for John Williams, including a score for a John Wayne Western that I've always loved. It's very much in the spirit of Elmer Bernstein's score for The Magnificent Seven just a few years earlier, but definitely has a John Williams feel to it. Let's listen to this joyous, bright and sunny title music for John Wayne's The Cowboys from 1972.
Well, that's some feel-good, adventurous riding music right there. Oh, I love the Cowboys. And you know, so did a young Steven Spielberg, who listened to it before he ever met John Williams. It's one of those scores that was even old-fashioned for its time in 72, and Spielberg, at the time, loved it. So much so that it began one of the greatest director-composer collaborations in Hollywood history. Here's another Williams piece for a Spielberg movie. 2002's Catch Me If You Can, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. It's a jazzy score that features saxophone, finger snaps, and marimba. It represents John Williams going back to his jazz roots or progressive jazz roots from the 1950s, and it gives us a theme for the FBI closing in on Frank Abagnale. One of the things that makes John Williams so unique is his ability to write in different styles. He can channel Henry Mancini, or Jerry Goldsmith, or Wolfgang Korngold, Max Steiner, Bernard Herrmann, etc. But Williams has also crafted his own sound over the years. And one of the more wonderful aspects of his music is his writing for the human voice. His choral music is well known in cues like Duel of the Fates from The Phantom Menace, 
or some of the more emotional moments in, say, Home Alone. But one of my favorite choral pieces of John Williams' music is from a 1997 movie called Amistad. Amistad is a movie about a slave revolt aboard a Spanish ship named La Amistad, set in the year 1839. Mende tribesmen who were abducted for the slave trade gain control of their captor's ship while at sea. What follows is an international legal battle and a Supreme Court hearing with John Quincy Adams, played by Anthony Hopkins, arguing and winning the case for the tribesmen. Williams penned a tune in the Mende language based on a 1967 poem of the same name, Dry Your Tears, Africa. The lyrics to that poem go like this. Dry your tears, Africa. Your children come back to you out of the storm and squalls of fruitless journeys. This is one of my favorite John Williams pieces of all time, as the innocence, the joy of life is captured here against the brutal realities of the Mende tribesmen caught up in the slave trade. Anyway... I hope you enjoy this piece as much as I do.
now for a brief intermission. We return now to The Soundtrack Show. One of the reasons why I've decided to do this episode is based on your feedback about the show and a piece of Williams music that is brought up again and again amongst fans in the soundtrack community and by all of you on social media is his score for Hook, a movie starring Robin Williams from 1991. Even though the movie isn't as popular as, say, E.T., Hook is one of his greatest film scores. Here's a sampling of just a few cues from Hook by John Williams. Since we're talking about Spielberg, another movie of his that features a charming film score is 2004's The Terminal, starring Tom Hanks. Hanks is from this fictional country called Krakosia, which collapses as a country. I mean, the government collapses while he's stuck in an American airport, and he's forced to live in the terminal. Here's William's take on a theme from that film. You know, when I was a kid, I was fascinated by NASA and the space program. A lot of this is due to my love of Star Trek and science fiction films, but a lot of it is also due to a movie that came out in 1986 called Space Camp, starring Kate Capshaw and a young Joaquin Phoenix. Here's the main title for that film that just captured my imagination by, you guessed it, John Williams.
Boy, there are so many movies that we could play that we're not even touching on. Always, Presumed Innocent, The Witches of Eastwick, The Reavers, Black Sunday, The Fury, Family Plot, Munich, Jane Eyre, The Iger Sanction, The Patriot, AI, Empire, The Sun. The list with John Williams goes on and on and on. But before we play any more films, I want to touch on some of Williams' non-film work for visual media. Right after the break. The Soundtrack Show will continue in a moment. We return now to The Soundtrack Show. John Williams has defined the sound of the Olympic Games for decades now, starting with a piece he wrote for the 1984 Olympics that are still heard on television to this day. Here is his 1984 Olympic fanfare. Later, in 1996, for the Atlanta Games, John Williams penned a piece called Summon the Heroes. Let's take a listen. But his TV work does not end there. He wrote a piece called The Mission for the NBC Nightly News. You've been hearing this piece on TV for years, but maybe you didn't know that this was John Williams. Let's take a listen to this.
Lastly, would you believe that John Williams wrote a piece for NFL football? Starting in 2006, NBC revealed a Williams piece that sounds like it's straight out of a Star Wars film. It has all of the determination, the action, the excitement, and the drive of an action film, but also that of a professional athlete. Let's hear Williams' take on professional athletes and writing music for the NFL. I really have always felt that sports and music have a lot in common because both both activities really are very athletic. I mean, sport performers have to do sit-ups every day, stretch, work out. If you don't practice for two or three days, you can feel that, you get weaker. And the same thing is true for a violinist. If you don't, the old saying goes, if you don't practice for one day, you know it. Two days, the audience knows it. And the third day, the critics know it. So it's a matter of conditioning and being in shape and uh, that whole sort of... Uh, thing of timing from a neuromuscular point of view it's a very the activities are really very very close and you get fantastic performers at the level that we would now have with the nfl and they they are very comparable to the kind of people that play in professional symphony orchestras and the people that are playing in the orchestra on this recording they're extremely accomplished dedicated work have there's a work rigorous discipline thing behind it that is very close to sports well, the visual thing for me, particularly with football, has to do with the pace of activity, but especially these hits. You know, when these guys go flying across the field and they're, they have a, a collision with one of their colleagues in the middle of the air, that that's kind of like a musical accent, and there's a sort of balletic aspect to football in a way if you if you watch it on television. You know, when we've got that... Can you have it as much energy as it has in the beginning... But the no at the end of it, like somebody's going to get pushed right in his face. We could go on and on about pieces by John Williams. And even after playing a ton of music in this episode, I'm barely scratching the surface of Williams' body of work. If you liked any of what you heard, I strongly encourage you all to seek this music out and actually take home a physical copy or even purchase a digital copy where available to support this kind of music. John Williams gets a lot of airtime, I know. But I hope that this episode brought to light some of his pieces that don't always get the spotlight. Thank you.